Welcome back to a very special episode of Give Me Some Truth. Nate and I are in separate locations right now, and there's a reason for that. We'll go through that in a minute. Uh, we're trying out some new technology. Hopefully, uh, this works well. We're doing an actual Skype call with Ecamm Live and all kinds of different good stuff. And, uh, you know, this is, of course, naturally the, I think, the fourth take on this, Nate. So, uh, you know, we'll get there at some point. But uh, too. That's, that's true. Yes. Yes, eventually we'll get there. <laughs> eventually we'll get there. Uh, so anyways, uh, let's take this back to uh, a few weeks ago. We're on a Friday. Uh, what was the date, Nate? I believe it's June 12th. June 12th. Okay, so uh, we go out and play the game that we love so much. Uh, a long box spoiled, as they say. <laughs> and uh, Nate played better than I did, as he normally does. And, uh, so we go in and we have a cold beverage and then Nate goes in and does what he normally does or what good golfers do is they go down to the range and naturally, um, I avoid the range cause who needs to practice my 15 handicaps already perfect. And, uh, I go to grocery store, um, and Nate, you begin to hit balls and then, uh, things start to feel a little funny for yourself. Yeah, I think it's probably uh, safe to say without over-dramatizing it that uh, um, the world changed pretty quickly. Um, so essentially what happened was I got done hitting balls and I started to feel some pretty intense pressure and pain in my chest um, coupled with a, um, a shortness of breath that I just couldn't, uh, I just couldn't shake. Um, really had a hard time taking in a, a full breath of any kind. Um, so I tried to stay calm and think on my feet a little bit and figure out what I was going to do. And so I thought, well, if I can just drive home, get myself, um, to a point where I can lie down and comfortable setting, you know, I can kind of assess what's happening and figure this out. Well, two turns out of the, uh, Nakoma parking lot. And that was pretty clear that, uh, that was, was not in the cards for me. Um, I got to the top of Seminole Hill, uh, parked in the Arboretum parking lot and, um, just, just thought, well, I'll just stay up in my car for maybe 10 or 15 minutes and see if these symptoms call, calm down a little bit and, and I can at least get myself home. Well, uh, that didn't happen. Uh, quick call to my wife to, uh, say I need an ambulance. I'm in, in, uh, bad shape. And, um, uh, that, uh, ended up in a, uh, a ride down to UW hospital in an ambulance. And, uh, my life is, uh, slightly different, uh, than, uh, than it was before I got into the ambulance. So, so, so uh, did you, when you, did you ask for the ambulance or did Selena ask for the ambulance? No, I asked for the ambulance. It was a pretty scary phone call. And, and, um, I, I hate the fact that I had to make the phone call cause I can only imagine that she just thought it was a normal, Hey, checking in, I'm done with golf. I'm on my way home. What do you want to do for dinner? Kind of thing. And what she heard on the other end was an almost, um, inaudible um me uh having a hard time even being able to get words out uh saying i'm in bad shape and i need an ambulance um and beyond that which um is even scarier was that my son was in the car at the time um but I, it had gotten to a point where um you know i I, uh, I felt like i had needed some help and i needed it uh, immediately so um yeah, the ambulance picked me up, took me to UW Hospital, and um, 
you know, that's kind of where the journey started. Well, you're, just to clarify, your son was in the car with your mom. So, and, or, so uh, my wife, with, with, with Selena. With, yeah, yeah. With um, um, so, yeah, and so Selena and Selena had called me, and I was in the grocery store. I had a mask on, and I was, you know, going and uh, picking up some stuff. And she had called me a couple times, and I was, I was trying to get through the line and everything. And so then I, I stepped out and, and, you know, saw that she had called me a couple times, and she, she called me the third time. They picked up, and obviously she was – um, you know, in, in shock, you know, in panic and just said to me, Hey, what, you know, what did Nate eat? What did he drink? You know, what's going on? And so I, I, you know, I said, Hey, look, he had like two beers, you know, over the whole entire, you know, what I four hour round plus a, just a beer afterwards. So you're talking about a five hour period. Um, uh, and, uh, we had a cheeseburger and some fries and okay. Okay. You know, cause Nate's, you know, pulled over and there's an ambulance coming to get him. And I was like, holy cow. And, you know, I know that we, we had texted a bunch while this was all going on. And, you know, she said that she was most worried about like a heart attack or a blood clot or something like that, yeah. um, which are, can be very fatal. So um, we're all happy that that didn't happen. And, uh, and obviously you're here. So um, that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, and then take us on to your journey to the hospital. Yeah. Um, so they took me to the hospital and, and, uh, fortunately the ambulances nowadays are equipped with, um, EKG machines. And so they figured out pretty quickly that, um, I was not having a heart attack, which was good. And they also figured out that my oxygen level was somewhere in the 95% range. So even though I was having this sensation of not being able to breathe, um, my body was actually getting the oxygen that it needed. So uh, that was good from that standpoint. Um, I got to UW Hospital's ER section, um, ER department, and um, it was all hands on deck then. I think there was probably two or three doctors in my room. There were nurses. They were putting IV lines in. They were um, just trying to understand what was happening. And, I mean, to, to, to say that that is a, a, a um, you know, professional of all, uh, you know, of the highest degree, uh, team at UW hospital is, is honestly putting it lightly. Um, I, I had, um, I'd never had something like this happen. And honestly, that's what was so scary about it was, uh, for literally the last 20, 25 years, um, my health was almost to the, to the extent that I took it for granted. Um, I, I hadn't seen a doctor in 11 years. Um, you know, even to the, to the, um, um, to the point where I made bad decisions like not getting a physical every year and not having a baseline of my health and not having a relationship with a primary care physician. And um, so when you see that level of expertise, um, you know, and the speed at which they move to get things figured out, they had my condition figured out in, I would guess, probably 10 or 15 minutes, um, which is just absolutely amazing. Wow. Um, Ultimately, I got diagnosed with, with what's called, and I'm, I'm probably not even pronouncing this right, but um, necrotizing pancreatitis, uh, which essentially is a condition where your pancreas, uh, which is central to digesting of food um, and, and excreting enzymes to be able to digest food, uh, gets incredibly inflamed. Uh, one of the markers that they use to... to um, to check for your blood to see if this is a is is a thing for you uh has a normal range of like eight to 80 somewhere in there 
and I, I think mine was 16,000 um, on that measurement. So they saw that and knew pretty quickly what was happening. But the weird thing about it was that I didn't check either of the two main boxes that people normally check for why they get pancreatitis, which is um, gallstones, which I don't have and did, didn't have. And, and uh, you know, I'm not a candidate for that. And heavy, heavy, heavy alcohol intake over a very short period of time. And as you alluded to, um, you know, a couple a couple beers over a five hour period of time is not um, is not what they consider to be heavy alcohol over a short period of time. So uh, they didn't know why this was happening to me. Um, and, and then on top of that, the necrotizing part of the diagnosis was also meaning that part of my pancreas was dying um, and they could see that part of it had died, uh, which was adding to the uh, to the confusion and adding to the. Um, just not sure why this is happening to me. And so you went on a very strict, I mean, you couldn't eat anything for a while for the uh, when you were going through this. Yeah, I was in the hospital on my first day for three days. Um, I got released. They were pretty confident that it would calm down on its own if I just really was careful with my diet. Um, I had a, a pretty bad night at home a couple of days after being at home, pain kicked way back up again. And, and I, I really started to, uh, um, have kind of the same symptoms that, 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 uh, led to the, uh, the ambulance ride. Um, and so my wife and I went back into the hospital, uh, the next day and I got readmitted for three more days. And that was kind of the, the extent of my stay at UW hospital it was two, three day, um, admittances to, to, um, to the hospital. And the second time I saw a slew of specialists and, um, it was very much all hands on deck as to kind of what was happening. Fortunately, the fact that I went back in, let them do another CT scan. So then they had two CT scans to be able to put side by side and compare. Um, and so they got a pretty good idea of the amount of fluid that was in my, in my pancreas as well. So, Again, um, serious, but not um, not as as bad as you know blood clots and things like that, which they thought early on. Um, but still very outside the box as to why this would be happening to somebody uh, like me because I didn't present any other symptoms of of why this would be happening. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say you're you're pretty much a picture of health. I mean, I've I've known you for a long time now and. I've never seen you to have anything more than like, I don't even know if I've ever seen you have a pulled muscle. I mean, that's how, how ridiculous it's been. So, I mean, I get, I guess a little bit of back issue and time in the but that's it. I mean, you, you've had nothing really. Right. So this has really come out of the blue. So Nate, you, uh, you lost a couple pounds in this journey. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, eating a lot of chicken broth every single day isn't very conducive to putting on weight. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the uh, that that's what um, scared me. Maybe not the most out of all of this, obviously, when you're talking about serious stuff. But um, I did lose about 20 pounds in uh, about a seven-day period of time. Um, so it, it's it's um, it's made me think a lot about kind of how I've taken care of myself, and also more. 
more so, that's probably the better way to say it, um, what I failed to do uh, and, and how I kind of got lulled into a false sense of security. Um, I think, as you said before, I mean, my health's been so good for so long that I think naturally you just start to take for granted things that that fall within that category. Um, and so I, I neglected the basic maintenance that I should have been doing to my body. And not that it would have prevented it because the, the doctor said that it that would not have prevented it, but it would have given so much more uh, background information to the doctors that didn't know me from anybody at UW Hospital uh, by way of, okay, what did his physical look like 12 months ago? And, you know, what was his baseline health? And even little things like, you know, what was his uh, blood pressure over the last, you know, three times that he saw a doctor? And to not have any of that on file is um, a, a failure on my part to um, just not understand that, that good health and good planning and good awareness means that you have to be diligent even when times are good so that when times are not good, you have that information. Uh, it's too late once you wait until things are bad to then start to, to, to do preventative things. And, and that's, that's what I'm going to walk away with, uh, probably more than anything is that understanding that, um, if you turn a blind eye to the correct preventative, um, things that you should do in your life, you will pay the price at some point. And it doesn't mean we should walk around in our lives being scared because I, I'm not doing that, but I am going to be significantly more diligent about, um, how I handle myself from this point forward. Well, and providing the healthcare um, providers that data that they can use as you're kind of alluding, alluding to, because everything's so data-driven now. And if you don't give them any biomarkers along the way, that's that's problematic because they don't know what your baseline cholesterol is. They don't know what your baseline blood pressure is, as you kind of alluded to. And then also, I think you've, you've said to me too, dietary-wise, I mean, you're, you're one of the... You're like a unicorn. Like I've never seen you put on weight, no matter what you eat. I put on weight when I eat bad stuff. I know some people put on a lot of weight when they eat bad stuff. I, I think I'm, I, I'm fortunate that way that I have pretty good metabolism. You have excellent metabolism, even way better than I do, even. And um, you know, I, I think that uh, that'll probably make you to make some, some healthier eating decisions going forward. You can always, everyone can always eat healthier, but it's probably something that that's a focus too, right? Yeah. Cause the, the, the issue really, uh, was, uh, because of that, because I didn't gain weight when I would eat bad food, because I've always had a metabolism like this, again, that false sense of security of, well, then therefore I must be able to do this without any, um, ill effect. And that's just not right. And I think that, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of, not a lot of days, relatively speaking, but six days sitting in a, in a hospital bed. And you, you, you think about these things and you think about the decisions you're making in your life. And, um, you know, ultimately, there's no excuse for not doing the, the things that you should do to have yourself prepared for when these times might happen. And so... That for me was a huge, huge wake up call, honestly. Um, I mean, there's been two really big silver linings to all of this. Um, three really big silver linings. One is um, 
could not possibly be more thankful for the healthcare providers and facilities that we have in this area for when something goes sideways. Um, UW Health, you can just tell that they thrive on strange cases, outside the box cases, stuff that doesn't make sense, stuff that doesn't add up. Um, they live for that stuff. And wow, what, what a, 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 what a blessing to live in an area where they don't shy away from stuff like that, but they, they, they want cases like that. Um, so that to me gives me a tremendous amount of confidence to live the next, you know, 50 years of my life in an area like this or an area that has good healthcare. I mean, that, that to me is, is, has come through in, in, uh, you know, stereo sound. The second silver lining is, I mean, the outpouring of support and help that I've gotten from the people that are in my life. I mean, I can't, it's unbelievable to me. Um, I mean, obviously, you know that your friends will, will probably be there for you and your family and that. But I mean, until you're in that position when you can't do much for yourself and then you realize the extent that that people are willing to, you know, not only just help out here and there, but more or less put their life on hold to be able to, to help out. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, you're at the top of that list and, and my immediate family and the people in our office and the team that we've built at Walkner Condon. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me to go through something like this and, and know that um, these people, not only do they say they have your back, but man, when stuff really gets ugly, you know, the, the friends that I have and the people that are around me, I mean, it's just not that you need a, 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 uh, a validation of, of what they'll do for you, but it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's beyond words. So that's the second. And, and the third one for me is, um, just don't take it for granted. Just, just, just don't just, you know, understand every day that health is just one of those things that, boy, if you have good health, be appreciative of it. If you can do a few other little things along the way to make it even that much better, prepare yourself for when something goes wrong, do those things. Don't be stupid. Get a physical every year. Be smart. Do the stuff you're supposed to do when you hit certain ages. I mean, I mean I'm going to live my life differently than I did, you know, the last 20 years. I, I can honestly say that. And um, that, in the end, might be the best thing that comes of this. Yeah, I know that Courtney and I had a conversation and I said to her, I, I said, Nate will be forever changed from this experience. And, uh, you know, he gets to determine whether it's positively or negatively. And I always know that it'll be positively. Um, some people I've seen have made very negative decisions in their lives after they've had a big health scare. And, you know, I think that it's very obvious to me that you're going to uh, take the right path. And, you know, it's, I, I said this, that 2020 man in our business We've done nothing but test our disaster recovery plan. So, uh, you know, it's it's been a crazy year so far. And, you know, it seems like everything just piles on. But, uh, you know, we're thankful that um, we're in a team. Uh, we're thankful that we have a great team around us as well. And, uh, you know, that, that our clients don't miss anything. Uh, and thankful that really, you know, I'd like to say to Selena, who, you know, was caregiving and everything like that, I think she's done just a tremendously good job and she's just a rock in your family and you can tell and you know having somebody that's an ex-nurse certainly helps uh but you know in some cases i think that it also 
makes them worry a lot about other things too, because they've seen so much. Um, and so, uh, you know, she just done, has done a great job communicating with everybody and, you know, knowing where you are. So yeah, it's been, it's been crazy, man, but, uh, we're happy to hear that you're on the mend. Um, and, you know, it's not, you've also realized that this is going to take a little bit longer. You, you were able to kind of get out a little bit and be a little bit active and then, uh, your legs kind of swelled up a little bit on you. And, you know, so that's going to be a little bit of a challenge right now and you're lumbering around. And so, um, obviously now with COVID and everything and, you know, a lot of virtual meetings occurring, uh, well, that's, what's going to continue to happen. So, you know, hopefully our clients have some patience in our virtual meetings that I think everyone has now. And, you know, you're able to at least work a little bit and hopefully you'll be able to get on the golf course sooner rather than later. Yeah. Coming back to what you said before, I mean, you know, when, when you and I started the firm, it was just, you know, you and I and, and, and Craig and, um, I mean, those were fun times and it was great to, to run small and lean, but boy, to have the team that we have in place now with, you know, John as the third partner and, and Keith and Mitch and Hannah and, you know, even looking to expand the team beyond that. I mean, it's, it was fun when it was just you and me and, and Craig or, you know, whoever was sitting behind the, the front desk, but boy, you go through something like this and you realize how important it is to have a, a well-built, um, you know, robust team that we have now. And, and I'm super, super thankful that our clients didn't miss a beat because I had this happen. And, um, it, it's, uh, 2020 has been a very interesting year in that way, but I think you're right in what you said before. Um, you got to go through years like this sometimes to be able to test and make sure that your plans are, are, uh, rock solid. And I feel very confident about, um, you know, how we have the, the firm set up for, the next time that something crazy happens, because we know that it won't be too far down the down the road. Hopefully, not any more necrotiting pancreatitis in the office. So, like, I it, I heard it's so painful. That's all I I mean. I heard it's just excruciating. Like, would you say that's? I mean, that's ten out of ten, right? Yeah, I I I, uh, I reserved ten out of ten only because I I knew that obviously it could get worse, but I probably got, I probably got fully to nine out of 10, at least a couple different times. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's painful. It's you, you, what you learn is that the little things you take for granted, like what does a pancreas do? I mean, who knows what a pancreas does, you know? And I know a lot about a pancreas now. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's pancreatic cool. expert, Nate Codden. If you have any questions, just feel free to message Nate on well, that. You know, let me know and I'll try to jump in and help wherever I can. But, um, no, it, the, the, uh, the human side of this has, um, has kind of reset my compass back to, you know, true North. And, um, that's not all bad that's not all bad when life does that sometimes and, and kind of, you know, resets you and, and gets you back to the point where you, uh, um, you slow down a little bit. You, uh, you have a little bit more patience than maybe you did before. And you realize that, you know, as much as you and I admittedly before, and we'll admit it again, our control freaks, uh, sometimes life is in control and you, you aren't necessarily in control. And so, I've learned some interesting lessons over the last three weeks. I'll tell you that. Well, I also, we were trying to figure out what was going to be the uh, ramifications for all this. And I told uh, Courtney the other day that there was a, a good chance. She's like, what happens if Nate can never 
because you can't drink for six months. And so what happens if Nate can never drink again? Because, you know, I found out that after you decide to then have a drink at the end of the six months, if your pancreas really gets angry at you again, then you know you can never drink again. Um, And not to say that you're a big drinker, like you said, you weren't that big a drinker anyways. But what happens if Nate can't drink, can't do any of that stuff? And I said, he'll probably just become a scratch golfer then, you know, because that's he'll just have to pick up something. You know, there's no longer a glass of wine or there's no longer a beer during the round. He'll be like, you know, he'll just be a scratch golfer. That's pretty much what he's going to be. Yeah, you know, again, I mean, that's a possibility that that could be the case. And, and um, yeah, I wasn't necessarily a heavy drinker before, but um, if it, you know what, I've looked at it and said, if that's what happens, that's what happens. You know, I, I learned a ton from um, kind of the old euphemisms that my, my dad kind of picked up from his dad and his great uncle. And there was some kind of, um, there was some, people in, in, in our uh, lineage that, that kind of had some of that just life wisdom that was always just interesting. And um, one of the phrases that would always come from Uncle Oli was, you know, you, uh, you play the hand that, that, that you dealt, you know, and, and he would tell me that from early on. And, and I kind of took that to heart and that's kind of how I'm looking at this, you know, I mean, you got to play it what you got. And and if, if that means that I got to make some pretty big lifestyle changes, then I make big lifestyle changes. I mean, there's people that are in significantly worse shape than I am from a health standpoint right now. And I'm lucky to be as healthy as I am right now and dealing with some stuff. But at the same time, man, there's some people that are going through some really serious, ugly stuff. And I'm not in that spot. And so... I'll take the hand that I've been dealt and, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll play with it and be just fine. So that's exactly right. Well, that's a great attitude. Well, um, thank you all for joining us on this very special. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a downer, you know, you're going to be good. Like, I'm like Nate's going to fully recover. I guess we never actually really said that. Like Nate's going to be fine and fully recover. That's the expectation. So, that you know, let's, yep. <laughs> yeah. I take a so, while. Yeah. Yeah, so he's going to be fine. Um, Nate's going to be around doing the same thing. He's going to be acting like the same Nate. So we're all good. Like, uh, we're all good. We'll get through this. And so thank you for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. And uh, we'll we'll get back to you on another, maybe a little slightly lighter version of Give Me Some Truth. Absolutely. Thanks to all of those that uh, have reached out. I appreciate it. And uh, it's, it's, it's never lost on me. Thank you. services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice.
Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.